If you're in business, you probably have a website, but can your site handle your growth? How many visitors before your site slows down or crashes? What about storage and data security? From web hosting to virtual servers, Pair Networks provides the online infrastructure you need to start, grow, and flourish. When it comes to security and updates, don't worry, we've got you covered. Our 24-7 U.S.-based customer support is the best in the industry. No frustrating chatbots are sitting on hold for hours. Check out Pair.com today to learn more. That's P-A-I-R.com. Star Wars 7x7, episode 649. Today, we're going to continue our look at Finn's journey in Before the Awakening, the novel by Greg Rucka, and pull out some of the more interesting factoids and details that show up in that story. Punch it, Chewie. Hi, this is Trisha Barr, author of Ultimate Star Wars and host of Fangirls Going Rogue, and you're listening to Star Wars 7x7, the only daily Star Wars podcast. Hey Rebel Rouser, welcome to Star Wars 7x7. I'm your host, Alan Voivod, and there's a lot of interesting stuff that comes up about Finn as a character and about the First Order and its capabilities inside his section of the Before the Awakening book, and we're going to flag some of those for you today. And let's start with talking about Finn's character himself. So... It's really kind of interesting how he is portrayed. He is shown as being one of the top troopers in the First Order, that he's always performing in the top 1% of his class, of any <laughs> any other cadets. He's absolutely doing fantastic, and he's looked at for officer status, and unfortunately, it makes him more serious and actually makes him sort of be apart from his fellow troopers, as opposed to the rest of the guys in his fire team, which are zeros and nines and slip. They have nicknames, but he's never actually been given a nickname. He's just 8-7 if anybody wants to say his name more quickly because FN2187 is a mouthful. So he's already going through feelings of being different from everyone else. And one of the things that's really kind of nice is that he understands the uniforms that the First Order have and the uniformity and the conformity and all that. But it also says that he takes pleasure in the variety and the diversity of his fellow troopers when he actually gets to see them with their helmets off. And that's certainly not the way you would expect a First Order trooper to be thinking about his fellow comrades in arms. So, yeah, definitely different right from the start. And it actually causes him problems. Like, he's beginning to, you know, focus on the fact that he is different. And it's sort of becoming a... I don't want to call it a vicious cycle, I guess, because it ultimately ended up getting away from the First Order, so it ended up being a good thing. But it was kind of a vicious circle in that he was already sort of different in that he was high-performing, and it kind of set him apart. And so then as he got set apart, he started thinking about himself being different, and he felt himself being set apart, and it just continued to feed that whole separateness from him until the point at which he just felt like it wasn't his thing after all, that he was just not cut out for being a part of the First Order. He winds up being you know, somebody who feels like an outsider and who doesn't belong. And this is the only thing he's really ever known. The book says that he has little in the way of memory before his time being a part of the First Order. And if there is a hint about his origin, then it is so deeply buried that we won't know it until his origin is finally revealed. And then they can say, oh, yeah, and we dropped this hint about it in Before the Awakening. So if it's there, then it's a real deep hint and we don't you know, know it yet. <laughs> I mean, there's only three places that 
he ends up being in this whole story. It's in you know his training academy, and it's on the Star Destroyer that takes him off to the asteroid field. Pressy's tumble to do the situation with the mining colony, and that's it. The mining colony is your third place, and he's done. It's all within a very narrow First Order world. And the First Order world includes morale sessions that happen twice a day, where General Hux is lecturing them, more often than not, it's General Hux, is lecturing them on the terrible things that the Republic is doing, and they will show newsfeed stuff of how horrible conditions are on some planets, and then they may include a success story about how the First Order ended up bringing food to a starving planet and a starving people, for example. And as for other First Order things that are worthy of note, so the training thing that they have actually allows for full-scale recreations of places. Like, for example, I mean, I don't know a better example to give you of this than the holodeck from Star Trek The Next Generation, where you could say, like, <laughs> like Data used to pretend to be Sherlock Holmes, and so he would pick, you know, London at the time of Sherlock Holmes, and it would give you a faithful recreation of London that you could exist in and role-play in. It's the same thing that they have for the First Order for their training of the cadets. And their Stormtrooper uniforms, like the data that's passing through the feeds on the helmet, aside from being able to, when you look at a particular Stormtrooper, to get an ID tag that shows up that says which Stormtrooper it is, but you get all sorts of heads-up display stuff, and it's also transmitting a bunch of stuff outside. So, for example, when Captain Phasma does her evaluation of Finn and his fire team, she notes that one of the troopers had an elevated heart rate, like, beyond the range that he was supposed to have had, and so she prescribes extra workout regimens for him so that way he can learn to be able to exercise at the level that he needs to while still maintaining a proper heart rate. And it even has dietary change recommendations for him as well that are just going to get implemented and that it's just, you know, no choice. Like, all right, we see you're lagging behind on things, so here's your new food regimen. And one last tidbit I wanted to share from the story with you is that there's a race of creatures called the Abednado. And, yeah, that's going to apply to our trivia question <laughs> answer in just a moment. But that race was actually created specifically for The Force Awakens, and Pablo Hidalgo has said that there's a lot to do with it that has to do with the Beastie Boys. So, yeah, it is definitely an Easter egg that's a lot bigger than we necessarily think. Abednado has to do, of course, with another Beastie Boys song where they're um, singing Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednado. But anyway, that is the species of creature that gets into Finn's sights that he's looking at at the mining colony and where he first can't pull the trigger on an innocent creature or an innocent sentient being, I guess I should say. And yeah, he sees the fear on the Abednado's face and the Abednado actually show up in the village of Tuonel as well, which maybe is another reason why he didn't shoot. Like he saw the same type of sentient being again in that location and couldn't pull the trigger there either. Hey Rebel Rouser, you're listening to this podcast, maybe you'd like to listen to a Star Wars story too. Luckily we've got just the thing for you. We've partnered with Audible to give you a free download and a free 30-day trial of their awesome service. All you gotta do is go to audibletrial.com slash SW7X7 to sign up and get your free download. They've got dozens of Star Wars titles, anything you want to do to explore that galaxy far, far away. One more time for you, audibletrial.com slash SW7X7. All right, time for trivia for you. You might need this. 
Last time we asked you for the species of Elo Asti, one of the X-Wing pilots from The Force Awakens, and he is in Abednego. And yes, by the way, the actual reference and the biblical reference is Abednego with a G, but they've changed it to a D for The Force Awakens species that gets created for the first time. Today's question, give you a tough one this time. Name the model number of the blaster that is standard issue for First Order Stormtroopers. Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. And hey, before you test out your new robot hand, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And we'll be able to do even more with the show for you with your support at patreon.com slash SW7x7. It's not the Rebel Fleet, it's Destiny Unleashed. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2016 Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.